0: People have always maintained different opinions on world issues, but due to the rise of social media, everyone has an opportunity to broadcast and even amplify their voices more than ever before. How can we endure the next few weeks in the tense election season? It's time to get a second mile at learning to be slow when speaking. Hey, this is Travis Agnew. Thank you for joining me for the Second Mile Podcast. We live out the words of Jesus for Matthew 541, where he says, If anyone asks you to go one mile, go the second mile as well. Following Jesus isn't just about doing the bare minimum, but it's about looking at every aspect of your life and saying, How can I follow him as closely uh, as I possibly can? How can I obey the things that he's taught his believers and followers and disciples to do? And so that's why this podcast exists. And these uh, 12-minute episodes, we to give you some opportunities on how to go the second mile and doing more than just the bare minimum and following Jesus. Christ. And so today on this episode, I want to talk to you about uh, how to be slow to speak, right? This is a scripture passage from James 119 that is very easy to uh, recite and to talk to other people about, but applying it is a completely different context. And I want us to talk about it because uh, we are living in, I believe, probably some of the most polarizing times that the world's ever seen. I know that there's probably been uh, times where there's been uh, more dire situations and a lot more um angst and anxiety about certain things that are going on, but we are living in very unique times. Uh, And so in the middle of 2020, after all the things that have changed out of all the uncertainty and the fear that's available uh, and and for all of us, it is very important for us to say, okay, so what what does this look like to be a follower of Jesus in the midst of this? And so the difference between a first miler and a second miler believer in in an election season or uh, the the fall of 2020, uh, one of the most difficult years that I've ever lived through, maybe the most, uh, definitely the most unique one is that the difference between these two types of believers is this. If, if you're a first-mile believer, just doing the bare minimum, I believe you're someone who knows how to express your own opinion in life, right? Because uh, I do believe it's important for you to really be um, fully convinced in your own mind, is what the Scripture would say about certain areas in your own life, to be able to say, I know what I believe, and I'm actually able uh, to express my own opinion. I'm not fearful about doing it, and that's a great thing. That's first-mile stuff, right, to learning how to express your own opinion. But second-milers know how to engage with others' opinions because here comes the rub. We love the concept of freedom of speech, as long as we're talking about our speech. But other people's speech, we really get annoyed by. We love the freedom of religion, as long as we're talking about our religion. But what about the religion of someone else? So while it's great for you to be able to express your own opinion, my question is, as a follower of Jesus, are you able to actually engage with someone else's opinion? In fact, could you engage with someone else's opinion who believes differently than you, who thinks differently than you, who even even lives differently than you? And I believe that this important truth is so critical for believers in Christ get. Right, so let's talk about some of the things that people might have opinions on right now, as if we typically don't have enough, right? But uh, let's let's think about, it. we have uh, coming in about five weeks now, uh, probably, we, you all, I've always heard this since I've been voting, but this is the most important election of your lifetime, right? But this is definitely one of the most, the most contentious election that I've ever, ever experienced in my life. And I think because so many people believe that the stakes are so high, which they are, uh, I, I have seen over the last few presidencies that it almost seems like that what we do, the pendulum swings one way and that, almost every president is almost a response to the previous president, I, I believe that Bill Clinton was a response to Bush Senior, and uh, Bush Junior was a response to Clinton, and I believe that Obama was a response to uh, Bush, and and I believe that Trump was a response to Obama, and which makes me kind of frightened about what, what what's the next right and and I, and I know this that as people who are uh, there are many people who are very passionate about voting for Trump, and some people that are very passionate about voting for Biden, uh, but I believe most people that I talk with are. Actually more passionate about who they're voting against Rather than who they're voting for Now some people are absolutely smitten with their candidate. But I, I hear a lot of people that aren't really kind of crazy about their candidate. They're just really scared of the other one. And so there's, there's all these different opinions that have to do with the presidential election. Um, there's this uh, international pandemic called the COVID-19. I'm not sure if you've heard about it yet, but um, it's kind of put the entire world on a standstill for now for over six months now at the time of recording this podcast. I mean, over six months, our world has been different because of the COVID-19. And there are people who believe that this thing is, uh, the Black Plague that's going to take all of us out. And there are some people who believe that it is um, so weaponized and exaggerated and you can't really trust anything the media is And I'll just tell you where my stake in this is. It's when Some people say, well, I believe that this is a very dangerous virus, and other people say, I believe this has been politicized. I would say I agree with both of those, right? But it's hard to convince somebody that thinks differently, that they don't think it's that big of a deal. Which brings in two other opinions, right? Uh, do you wear a mask or do you not wear a mask? And when you're in a church, when you're in a building, when you're busy with someone, do you shake a hand, do you not? And some people believe, hey, we're just making ourselves – uh, our immunity system is going down because we're not interacting with people. And some are saying, no, 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 we've got to, you know, flatten the curve and all these different things we hear. And, and folks, if you're not aware, there's a lot of different opinions on this. Uh, what about now they're talking about vaccines are getting ready to be, re- you know, prepared for us. And many people are going to say, don't you dare take one. And many people are going to be in line as soon as it's available. And then you got even situations that, as a pastor, that people have plenty of opinions on uh, should churches be open or not? Uh, should they be gathering? Are we helping out? Are we make it matters worse. Uh, some people would say when you open up the church, you're opening up to more exposure of people. And then I've also heard some people say, look, uh, people's mental and emotional issues are probably just as severe as some of... Uh, some of the the medical concerns that people have right now. And so we we need to have churches open. We need to have those things. And so everybody has an opinion on it. And because, once again, we live in a world where we're not waiting on the 6 o'clock news to let the expert to tell us or the next morning's newspaper, we are in a constant state of information where not only the experts can give us their updated opinion, but almost anybody can at any point just from their phone. And that thing can go viral, and people can retweet it and share this and you name it. And so we live in this where um, we're, we're not unifying by any of this stuff that we're doing. We're just hearing um, more talking points about why our things and, and the things that we're wanting to do uh, are better than others, right? And and so what is so very difficult about this, and, and I really do mean this, what, what is, I believe is so difficult— is that um, the more that we hear other people's opinions, the more defensive that each of us gets because we feel like we have to defend it. We have to explain to people why our churches are open or why we have decided to wear a mask or we haven't decided to wear a mask or we want to vote for this person or we're scared of of what that person may lead to. And and so what happens is, is that we get more defensive and we're missing a very critical piece in the midst of this, especially as followers of Jesus. All of us are talking. All of us are sharing. All of us are explaining our opinions. There are few people that are willing to be slow to speak and actually to engage with others' opinions and giving them the opportunity to share what they feel and what they think we need to do next. Now, maybe you're thinking, well, the reason why I'm not engaging with others' opinions is because they're wrong, right? Maybe that is the way that you think. Uh, but I want to give you a way to think about this in a second mile perspective, okay? Okay especially when it comes from James the servant of Jesus who is also the half brother of Jesus that in a verse in chapter 1 verse 19 this is what he says my dear brothers and sisters take note of this everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry If I were to ask you if that was a description of what the modern American sounds like, or even the modern American Christian, does that sound like the disciples of Jesus Christ right now? And unfortunately, I feel like instead of being slow to speak, we are very quick to speak. Instead of being quick to listen, we're slow to listen. Instead of being slow to become angry, we're quick to become angry. We we hear someone say something that we disagree with, and all of a sudden we we turn them off. We stop listening. We want to interrupt. We want to tell them why they're wrong. We want to share. We want to comment, and we get very. Angry, and it's evident that we're angry, and so I, I don't think that Scripture here is telling us not to speak. I don't even think Scripture is telling us not to become angry. In fact, actually, Scripture commands that both of those things can be good when used rightly. It says even in Ephesians chapter four, be angry, just don't sin in your anger. So it's okay to be angry. It's okay to speak. But I think the problem is is that the Christians we have to start leading the way of learning how to be slowing, to, to, to slow down. To speak, where we're not always having to be the first person to talk. Then instead of assuming things about people, are we actually listening to where other people are? Are we listening to their perspectives? Are we listening? And you may say, well, goodness, are you, are you going to get, you know, just like um, pushing back and listen to everybody's agenda and, and change? I'm not even saying change what you believe. I'm saying, but are you compassionate enough to slow down and listen and not assume what someone believes, but listen to them? If we deal with the racial issues that are going on in our country or the political things or the COVID-19 things, here's what I hear a lot of. I hear people saying, oh, those people over there shouldn't think this way. Oh, those people don't have the right to feel this way. Oh, these people over there, they needed to do this. And I'm hearing that people speak on behalf of other people that they honestly don't know. So instead of you determining what someone of a different race from a different background, maybe even a different country should feel or does feel, have you ever thought about being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry? Have you ever thought instead of assuming certain things, you actually listen to them and you ask questions? So if you've never lived in a certain neighborhood and you've never had certain experiences, maybe you could stop assuming that what other people say is incorrect and maybe you could stop and listen. Now, that doesn't mean you have to change your opinion. I'm not asking you to change your convictions, especially on a biblical issue. But I believe that as Christians, that we should be identified with our love. That as someone as Jesus Christ was the most loving person that ever walked the earth, and yet he never uh, would bend on certain issues of ethics or morality or what obedience to God's commands looked like. But yet, he was also someone that sinners and people who disagreed with him wanted to be around him. I think it's interesting for us to really consider that when Jesus was putting together a group of disciples, he put Matthew, the tax collector who worked for the Roman government, and Simon, the zealot, the guy who was trying to overthrow the Roman government on the same team. Can you imagine when they decided to do the trust trust fall uh, activity there, that these guys had to learn how to listen to one another, trust one another, even though they believed things very differently. And so I want to encourage you to not to desensitize feelings you've never felt. I want you to encourage you to, to stop telling people if, if you've never walked a mile in their own shoes, don't don't tell them that their, their feet shouldn't hurt. You, you've never been in certain situations. And so we, we live in polarized times and it's going to get worse, especially the next few weeks to come. As we lead up to election, people are going to get very hostile and volatile in different areas. And then after the election, I promise you we're not all going to be unified. So what can we be? I pray that we would be those people that are referenced in James one we We'd be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. In a culture that is unreasonable right now, why don't you be a voice and presence of reason among the people so that they can see Christ in you? I hope to see you on the second mile.